Welcome to Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and this is the Life in the Front Office podcast partnership with Seattle U's MSBL program presenting the Sports Biz Leaders Mindset Series. Uh, I'm really fortunate to be joined by Ryan Mattieg, uh, Director of Entertainment and Special Events with the Seattle Seahawks, and we'll dive into Ryan's career path a little bit, his uh, mindset of being a leader and those that he's learned from, uh, as well as kind of the the world of uh, fan development, game day experience, and and entertaining fans. So Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jake. Pleasure to be on. So let's start off with real quick, kind of how did you get to where you are now? Uh, Obviously, you spent some time at the University of Washington. Uh, the Seattle Sounders and now the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, it started with my love for football and sports. I think, you know, growing up uh, in Kenmore, Washington, it was a big deal, especially Friday nights where, you know, thousands of people would come watch those Friday night light football games. Um, I fell in love with not just the sport, but the atmosphere. We had a great marching band, great cheerleaders, and it really just drew me to, you know, working in production and in sports. Uh, I went to school in communications, um, and through that education, I had internships at a few sports uh, sports media um, sources, Seattle Times, King Five. So I learned the broadcasting and journalism side of sports, and that really drew me to the business side of sports. Um, so I got my master's in sports administration at Seattle University, and, and that opened doors to uh, working at the Seattle Seahawks. And um, I started off as an intern there, and um, we had a new CEO that really wanted to grow the fan base and the game day experience. So my job was to do really the fun and entertaining, entertaining stuff. My first project was to start a drum line. So we have the Blue Thunder drum line that is still going strong. Um, also to improve the halftime entertainment, the national anthem singers. And this is when the American Idol show first came out. So we had some American <laughs> Idol singers come and sing the anthem and some some national acts do the halftime shows. So I learned a lot just um, at that internship, and um, I actually left the Seahawks because I got a job to go back to my alma mater, um, the University of Washington, where I learned not just the game day experience, but the marketing side of sports. I was the director of marketing there for six years, um, and you know, I I got a call back from the Seahawks, and thankful to go back, and, and now that I have a family, having... Um, a work-life balance where I'm only focused on football again it has really been just a, a pleasure and a joy to be back at the Seahawks, and we're hoping to win the, the Super Bowl in, in 2020. There you go. Well, when you think about uh, one of one of our co-hosts, Pat Galler, here always talks about our industry as the fun business, right? And yeah. you truly, I mean, you truly get to do the fun business part of, of you know, the, the whole entertainment piece. And, um, you know, when you, when you talk about, the national anthem singer and the halftime show and all the different things that kind of go on behind the scenes a little bit, almost unnoticed. Um, can you dive into just a little bit of, of what uh, a year looks like in terms of, you know, what you need to get done from a timeline perspective and, and how you kind of keep things in order uh, in terms of getting things scheduled? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we follow the NFL calendar where, once the Super Bowl ends, we get right to work as far as uh, getting our team in place. So having the right team, full-time staff, part-time staff, contractors, um, a lot of the hiring is done in March and April. 
um, prior to the NFL draft. And, and once the NFL draft hits, the excitement starts with your team, with the new players on board. You know, you really try to capture content from not just the rookies, but the veterans uh, in April, May, and June. And then when the, the calendar comes with training camp, that's when we really, you know, get geared up for football. Um, so our production team, um, working with our vendors, we do the planning and we look at the NFL schedule and we start slotting and we start working with managers and agents. Um, we do that when the schedule comes out in April. So this is a pretty busy time here in May because we have our schedule and, and we can give performers um, game dates and timelines and, and you know, um, the TV contracts and, and, and we see when they're, when, when they're going to be on. So um, the, it, we really follow that NFL schedule to prepare. Um, we try to get ahead as early as possible. And it's really just about building those relationships with your team um, to execute what's going to happen during the season. And, you know, you mentioned the contractors and the vendors and the different performers. You've got to, you know, ultimately lead a big staff uh, that aren't, you know, working with you side by side every day. What's a, from a leadership mindset perspective, how do you, how do you go about leading a, a bigger team that, you know, maybe you don't have the ability to, you know, create that cohesive uh, uh -huh. culture with, you know, day in, day out? You know, I think for me, it's about preparation. I have to prepare each meeting and really tailor the meetings, whether it's a phone call or an in-person meeting to resonate with my, my, my staff and my team. Um, you know, we share this love for football, but we also share a love for production and, and we share a love for the, the art of performing. And, you know, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, new technology for our camera operators, um, I do have to find a connection with them. And I think that's a huge part of, you know, how I lead. You know, I do my own research. Um, I see what's trending. I see what's hot in pop culture. And I can have really genuine conversations with the team. I also try to get to know them more, like, you know, their families and, you know, if, if this is their second job and what do they do during the week before Sundays, before game days, um, to have that uh, personal relationship and that connection really helps me as a leader. And when, and when you say learning, you know, those and, and what they do during the week and not just on Sunday, you know, people may have skill sets that you just don't even know about, right? Correct. That, that you yep. might be able to utilize or, or find because you don't see them Monday through Friday. Exactly. And some of these, um, you know, crew members that, that are just a camera operator, which is an important job, they can also be a technical director or even a PA announcer. You find the, these things out during your conversations and just being with them. And usually that stuff happens after meetings where you're just having lunch with them or you're just, you know, filling time during in between rehearsals um, and, and just knowing them by their first and last name is, is important. And it's such a big group. And you know, the, the, we are blessed at the Seahawks to have a, a team that's been there a long time and they enjoy being there. So, it, you know, we, ha we have new faces every year, but it's it, but the majority of the, the folks are returners and, and 20, 25 years into the um, on the team. So it's great. That's amazing. When you can create a culture that you have people who don't work for you every day that come back, you know, after 20 years, that's that's certainly impressive. And when you think about buy in, right, buy in is so important in what you do, um, you know, not only on Sundays, but throughout the year. What what mindset do you have in terms of getting people to buy into the system, the structure that you guys put in place that you work, you know, really hard year round to to make sure that it's successful? Yeah, I provide them with information and feedback. I think that helps with the buy-in where, you know, in the NFL, we are lucky to have, you know, a very competitive 
um, 32 teams that try to be the best and put on the best show. And, and you know, when, when you went on the field and when you went off the field, you know, so I, I do my best to, to encourage buy-in. I, I show them data. I show them, you know, actual feedback from fans. So we get all this information after the game in real time. So that encourages them, that motivates them to do better. And, you know, if, if we're trending really well in, in a subject, I, I make sure they know about it. But more, in, in my opinion, more importantly, when we're not trending well, I do my best to motivate our, our team that we need to really let, let's knock this one out of the park next game, you know? So, I mean, everyone is again, competitive. So they want to hear this feedback and, and I present it in a way where, you know, I'm all in. So they see me, how fired up I get and, you know, and I, and I do it in a way where they, they are, they're not, they're not intimidated. They want to join me. They, they want to be with me to, to tackle this, this, this subject and this, this metric to increase our, our ratings with the league. Yeah, you mentioned the data piece, and it's so interesting, right? When when you talk about fun and entertainment, you know, maybe when you first started, you might have measured on smiles and, and just kind of the, the ambiance of the crowd and, and, and knowing that people had a good time, right? But now it's truly a little bit more science to it in terms of, you said, the real-time feedback. Can you talk a little bit about just the how things have changed over the years in terms of fan entertainment and, and fan development? Yeah, it's definitely become very data driven um, from league observers. We have um, folks from around the NFL, whether um, the L.A. office or New York office, travel to our games and provide us, a, um, you know, and they do this every game. So they provide us data as far as a, a checklist of items. Um, we also get um, instant feedback from our season ticket holders. Uh, you know, an email comes to at least a few thousand season ticket holders that are at the game or if they you know, sold their ticket or gave their ticket to a family member, we have the data of how to reach them. Um, so we, we get real data from people that were at the game on Sunday early, early in the week, the following week. So um, it's, it's such a, we have a business intelligence department that helps, um, you know, basically tabulate and formulate and give us um, the results. And, you know, we use uh, various software platforms to help us um, Tableau is one that's uh, locally in Seattle that we use that mm-hmm. that helps us just helps us present the data to our senior management team and helps me present the data to our our production crew. So having all that in a very easy readable format is just it's it's a huge plus and and you know it really again it's motivating and encourages us to be better every game. Well, and you mentioned kind of the readable format. I mean, not everyone understands the data like mm-hmm. the business intelligence team does, right? So yep. it's, it's how do you make the fan consumption or the fan data uh, understandable in a lot of different languages or, or perspectives? Uh, when you think about the differences between the college game and the pro game, what's the biggest difference between the fans uh, from your perspective in terms of you know, your experiences o- over your career? Well, I think um, the difference between the fans and Seattle is an awesome market. We have um, from the University of Washington to, to the Seahawks, Mariners, Sounders, the fans are so dedicated. Um, I think the big difference from the Seahawks, um, we have this reputation of being loud. And it goes back to uh, 1976 in the Kingdom, which was the original stadium, which was indoors and then just cement building where it was so loud. And the 12th, the 12s. As we call them, they just they make a difference. And I think, you know, working at Husky Stadium where they have a reputation of being loud, the Seahawks games, you can't even – third downs are so hard for an opponent. So I think that was a big difference. 
Um, I also see just the, the different experiences of location of the stadiums, um, the college game. There, there's more. There's tailgating. There's there's huge parking lots um, where the CenturyLink field is right in the middle of the city. So we find other ways to um, engage our fans pregame, whether it's our indoor um, touchdown city where there's indoor activations and activities for fans to to participate in. So you know, you know that that tailgating atmosphere. We do our best to to, to try to because that's a mm-hmm. fun atmosphere. I, that's something I miss at, from from being a, a University of Washington grad. Um, I think that's a difference in between the college and NFL game. Um, but really it's just, I, I can't, I can't stress enough how awesome it is, our, how loud and, and our fans are and how difference makers they make. Well, it's in that so atmosphere. funny because you, when you think about working on the business side of sports, you really don't touch or affect the playing side, right? I mean, there, there's ultimately the, the operations, the scouting, the player development, the coaching staff, like they're the ones who really affect what happens on the field. But in a sense, you're probably the next closest thing in terms of affecting, you know, the opponent, uh, how the game goes in the sense of, you know, you mentioned the third downs and, and the crowd. And uh-huh. I mean, what pride and impact do you guys have or try and set yourself apart uh, for the team in, in that, you know, you are able to create that environment that ultimately helps them on the field. Yeah, we take a lot of pride in that, and a lot of it is a, a strong relationship with our players and coaches. Because um, if we can get Russell Wilson pumped up, then we can get you know we can get our fans pumped up. And a lot of it is again knowing them and what makes them what makes them motivated. So um, I really try my best to form a relationship with the players, to know their favorite piece of music, um, to to really timing is everything too. When do you time a defensive hype video? When do you time a third down graphic? So it takes, it takes a lot of uh, anticipation, preparation, and you just you watch other teams. Like I'm, I'm spending a lot of my time in May reviewing how other teams do it because you learn the best practices and, and you learn like, you know, how the, the, the terrible towel in Pittsburgh, what do they do to cue mm-hmm. the terrible towel? Is it just organic or do they actually have a graphic? Um, you know, one of the fun new traditions we have is during night games, primetime games, we light up the stadium with cell phone lights and, and, you know, you see that at music concerts, but now at a lot of stadiums around the world um, and we time it in the fourth quarter when um, it, you know, it's prime time and, and, and the, fit, the players love it. The fans love it. And it's great to see it. The network covers it and you see it on the national. One, one would say you're kind of like a coach. You watch film. I mean, you're, you're, you're almost like, you know, yeah, exactly. Russell Wilson in a sense, you're watching film on, on the defense, right. Of, of understanding you you have to i mean it, you in have terms to of, in terms of your preparation um what are some of the nuances within the game entertainment space that people just wouldn't really know about uh if they didn't work in it i think the nuances for for game entertainment you know that's a great question because i think it's like preparing for a major event like when you prepare for your wedding or you prepare for a big birthday party there's the nuances of like, you know, your vendors, who do you work with? Like who, you know, you, everyone from um, your audio and visual, you know, vendors, like uh, you have to have the right equipment, um, knowing what's the best camera, what's the best staging company, what's the best, who are the best stagehands, who can get everything set up quickly because, you know, you only have a small window to get everything prepared. Um, so a lot of it is just, the people you need to know, I, you know, I, I work on a football team, but I need to know 
you know, florists. I need to know um, balloon artists. I need to know different types of people in the event industry. Um, so that's a nuance that I think um, some people don't realize that I, I need to know this. Um, and then you need to know your uh, different audiences. Like a football game is not just one certain, you know, type of people and age group. You need to know what's going to make, you know, from the youth market to, you know, the the senior citizens, what's going to make them get off their seat and yell on third down. So I have to do my research. I have to, I have to really, you know, whether it's websites, uh, whether it's magazines, whether it's going to my, um, you know, kids play dates and seeing, you know, what, what are the toys that they play with? Cause that's what activation I'll have pregame um, in our indoor tailgate area. So those are some of the nuances that I think most people don't really. I need a new workout playlist. I know who I'm going to. <laughs> music music is huge i'm glad you brought up music that's actually a high priority of ours because we want people to leave our stadium and be like i want the soundtrack right. of that game and, and that's just that's a huge compliment to um you know our whole show and our dj yeah, especially when, you know and the dj is a big part of it I, I remember when i was at purdue i was on the sponsorship side but when you're in sponsorships you heavily interact with the marketing team in athletics and mm-hmm. i just remember our you know kind of our person who know called all the shots was like hey this is running them you know similar to yourself they had the special talent of wearing two different headsets i mean are you are you that way as well (laughs) i wear one headset but i actually have about 15 different (laughs) channels of different people i talk to um and it's it's like you're uh my wife uh, relates it to apollo uh like Apollo 13 and you're in the NASA <laughs> control room and you're talking to, uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's definitely, you're, you're juggling, you're multitasking, but um, I, I think a strong producer also just knows when and when to stop with the chatter and when to have that conviction and command on the microphone. So um, that's definitely something that I'm, I'm yeah, striving you, for. You don't have a lot of uh, wiggle room for error by any means. I mean, your scripts, I can imagine go down to the second and, when you, when you exactly. think about what you do, right, and, and the experiences that you've needed to get there, um, and, and obviously you're continuing to perfect your craft and improve and, and learn, right? But if you were starting off and you go back to yourself when you were in, you know, graduate school, uh, what advice would you give to yourself in terms of what skill sets or experiences you need to acquire in order to um, move up or, or can, you know, continue to get different experiences in the realm in which you work within the business? That's a great question, and um, I, I get asked that a lot by especially recent grads, um, and I tell them that you really – you got to have empathy. And, and I, Matt Hasselbeck, one of our quarterbacks, when he got sacked, he had this line where he would, he would tell the defender that sacked him that he, – he goes, I just killed him with kindness. I would give him a compliment for hitting me and, and knocking me out. And that really resonated with me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, he's just getting nailed, but he would just compliment the guy. Um, and, you know, just because we, li- we work in such a competitive, hard-nosed, really p- pressure environment where you got to put yourself in the shoes of a camera operator, a DJ, um, and, you know, really, what are they going through right now? What are the coaches going through? So I know when, when and when not to talk to the coaches or players. Um, put yourself in their shoes and have empathy and, and, and kill with kindness. Like, I really do my best to be the most approachable most um just someone that really when i when i walk into a meeting or a room they want to hear from me they want to talk to me because that's how i get better when i learn from 
my my teammates and that's a skill that's it's it's not easy at times and 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 especially um you know especially when the pressure is there and on game day um but that that's a skill that i would say if you can have empathy and and kill with kindness it's going to really help you in this that's fascinating i haven't you know when it's funny you were talking about music and then you were talking about killing with kindness and i'm like there's definitely a song like i can't i can't figure out whose it is (laughs) and maybe it's selena gomez or something but there, there's someone who has a song, and I was like, maybe he plays that when you know when the quarterback gets sacked. Who knows? Um, I'm gonna look that up for you. <laughs> but when you think about uh, the feel, right? Everyone talks about the feel, right? It's like, well, have some feel when you, you know, you got to know the right time to go talk to the coach, and it's definitely not during pregame, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, there's yep. there's kind of that feel aspect to your job. How have you gone about trying to improve your quote unquote feel or? Um, you know, understand it, I guess, a little bit better from a self-awareness perspective. Yeah, you got to be present. And it's hard because, you know, a lot of our jobs, we're at our computers all day and are sitting at our desk. So I really make it um, a point to to leave my office. And whether you're taking the long route to the cafeteria or you're getting that extra cup of coffee or tea, you're going to run into people. And I, I'm trying to be, I try to be as intentional as I can with my time. And even a simple hello to, uh, someone in finance, um, it, it means a lot. And it, it, so I, I think that's a big part of it, really just being, being visible in your organization, uh, making sure people know who you are. And we have two different locations where we have the stadium and we also have our practice facility. So I do my best to head over to the stadium because um, I'm, I'm based in the practice facility and I, I do my best to head to the stadium when I can. And, and the field crew, making sure they know who I am and um, so I think visibility is an important part of, of my job. And then, you know, from a visibility perspective, it's also for you probably asking how you can help others as well, right? Like you have a fun, um, yep. entertaining piece of the business where you know that there's probably ways in which you can help others. You just don't know unless you ask. Exactly. It could be even something that's not work related. If I can help our our finance director with their kids sweet 16 birthday party <laughs> with the DJ, I'll do it. And, you know, I've recommended wedding DJs to several coworkers just cause they're Seahawk DJs and they're good. So, you know, I, I try to find things outside of work to talk to um, my teammates with um, to help connect better the connection, the relationship. Oh, that's amazing. I, I think about you were talking about the florist and the balloon. I mean, you, you're, you're set <laughs> for your kids' birthdays, like hands down, your wife doesn't have to do anything. It's I'll <laughs> tell you what though. My wife is the better party planner than I am. Um, she actually um, gave me a speech at our wedding. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't chipping in enough. Like, like, you know, so I, I, prov- I was in charge of the MC. And the next day I provided her with a script. I laminated it just in case it rained um, and I stepped up. So she is, I learned a lot from her and, you know, how to plan for an event from her. So I, I you know, I'm thankful that I, that, that I have her yeah, in my life. You got to think quick on your feet. And that brings me to kind of my last question as we wrap up the episode. What advice do you have for those in terms of learning, uh, learning how to think quick on your feet? Because that's obviously something that's involved in your job, you know, quite often. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think what helps me is you really have to have this strong and you have sometimes just to force it strong curiosity to learn. And I I think I developed that in an early age when I would I would read the newspaper and I wouldn't read it from page to page. But I would I would always have the newspaper 
Um, my dad would do it. So I, that's where I learned it. And just what are the headlines? Like, what are the top news stories? Now that we have social media, like what's trending? Um, looking at, be intentional with your followers and who you follow on Twitter and Instagram. Like, you know, it, and don't just follow the one type of people. Like, you know, from all different types, whether it's um, food um, to home improvement to all different areas. I have the, 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 the leaders in that industry on my, on my wall to see what they're, what they're talking about. So you have to be curious um, and not just in your market. I think that's, that's important to know the Seattle market, the Northwest market, just cause that's the audience that comes to the games, but, but know you know, what's, what's trending in green Bay, Wisconsin, like what's, you know, whether we play the Packers and, and, you know, there's going to be Packer fans mm-hmm. in our stadium and then the big markets, you know, from New York to LA, Chicago, um, huge fan of the last dance and, and that show just was mesmerizing and brought me back to my youth and just and what's really cool now is you see what everyone is saying about it so i'm just so curious like to, to hear all the opinions about michael jordan and that team it's, yeah it's, awesome. it's a never-ending cycle of learning i mean you're you've got you know event after event that you're always learning from and and no two are the same i can only imagine Exactly. Well, exactly. Ryan, appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast uh, and, and be a part of the Sports Biz Leaders Mindset Series with our, our partnership with Seattle Use MSBL program. And uh, really appreciate the advice and insights.